So now all the commercials are over. Um, we, um, we started this series three weeks ago talking about how that life is filled with choices. Life is a series of choices. Some are small, some are large. Uh, some we may think aren't important, but in actuality, all decisions are important. Our choices, every choice that we make uh, shapes us and it's who we eventually become. And last week we talked about giving up control. We talked about those people that wouldn't let their spouse drive. Um, I was so impressed because when we left here, if you were here, I, I made a comment. I said, you know, there's some people I have no idea whether you have a driver's license or not because your spouse won't let you drive. Uh, their spouse let them drive from here to the restaurant. I about fell out in the parking lot. But the, just like so many times, this, the sermon had wore off by the time we ate because then they were back in the driver's seat when we left the restaurant. But we talked about being willing to give up control. Some things are just not ours to control. Some things we have to trust God. Some things we have to say, God, it's yours. I can't do anything about it. And so this week, we want to look at another choice that we have. Another choice that we have to make. Now, this is not really good way to start a sermon, but can I tell you that you are going to experience a lot of pain in this life? It's depressing, isn't it? You're going to experience a lot of pain in this life. And a lot of it is outside of our ability to control. There is pain in this life that's outside of our ability to control. The Bible tells us in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He's telling us here, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trials. There's going to be things in this life that you cannot control. You may face a, a bad accident. Something happens. You can't control it. Your company may downsize. You may be out of job. Something you cannot control. Someone that you love may betray you. That person that you think, they'll never leave me. They'll never forsake me. They'll always be there with me. They're my friend. They may betray you out of your control. A lot of things will happen in life that you absolutely cannot control. Pain in your life that you can't control. But there's also pain that you can control. Teenagers, you can have the, you have the ability to, to, right now, make a choice. You can suffer the pain of obeying your parents, or you can suffer the pain of the consequences. Amen. And all the parents said, amen. I'll get to them in a minute, okay? You can suffer the pain of living within your means today, or the pain of having to fight debt tomorrow. You have a choice to make. You have a decision to make. The question I want to ask you this morning is the choice of the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. The pain of being disciplined or the pain of and the sorrow of 
regret. What is discipline? What is discipline? I heard one person explain it this way. Discipline is this. Choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Choosing between what you want now and what you want most. How many people know that it's hard to choose what you want most over what you want now? When you're looking at something, you're faced with a situation, you're just looking at the now. And it encourages me that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He had problems as well. Should make you feel good. Paul experienced and had a problem with not choosing what he wanted now. He put it this way in, in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. I don't really understand myself. For what, I, for what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably, yes, easy for me to say, inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Anybody ever felt that way? You ever, you ever can you relate to what Paul is saying here? He's saying, what I want to do, I don't. What I don't want to do, I do. And he says, I'm miserable. I'm a miserable person. He looks at himself and says, but verse 25, he says, who will free me from this sin? And then he says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind, I really want to obey. So here we are, Paul. Now let's put this in today's terminology. You ever sat down at a table and the food was so good and you looked at it when they brought it and thought, man, that plate is too big. I'll never eat all that. And by the time you're done, it's all gone. It was so good. You knew it wasn't good for you. And then you look at it shaking your head. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. I want to do what's right. I'm ashamed I can't get it right. It's embarrassing. I want to do it. I just can't. He says, who can help me? 
Who can help me? You see, the answer isn't just being better. The answer is not trying harder. The answer is not me having more willpower, me being stronger. That's what Paul is saying here. He says the answer is found in and only in God. We will make wrong choices over time. We will make wrong choices over time. You may be sitting here this morning thinking I made a wrong choice. Cold outside. I saw somebody come in in a tank top. <laughs> Wrong choice. Until you get in here. Now you're thinking, aha, uh-huh, now you with the suit coat on. <laughs> we will have working air soon. Give us a couple of months. You're going to make wrong choices. The Bible tells us in Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. You see, we are in a race, but we're not running for second place. Anybody like to finish second? Nobody? No, of course not. Running to win. Athletes are disciplined in their training. I'm sure that they would rather eat pizza and sleep in. You watch these, these athletes and they, they've got the, the abs and, you know, they run a 4-3-40 and, and you think they got that by not being disciplined? Of course not. They have to discipline themselves. They have to choose what they want most over what they want now. Being disciplined. Discipl- discipline is the same root word that creates the word Disciple. We are disciples of Jesus. And when we begin to look at becoming a disciplined disciple, a disciple of Jesus, being disciplined as we're following him, athletes are disciplined, but they win a prize. They're going for a prize that's going to fade away. They're going for a cheap plastic trophy. It's going to fade away. Sometime back, my mom wanted me to take All the plastic trophies that I had won from six years old playing baseball, playing all of these things up until I graduated. You know, I told her, I said, throw them away. I don't want those things. I ain't got no room for them. They might be in my attic now. I don't know, are they? Nope, we don't know where they are. They're in the landfill, and that's exactly my point. I worked so hard. It was so important. Trained hours upon hours to play Little League Baseball but it faded away. But as followers of Jesus, being disciplined is much more important because we're not trying to win a cheap plastic trophy. We're not trying to win a blue ribbon that says first place. We are trying to obtain an eternal prize. The author of Hebrews uses the same imagery. In Hebrews chapter 12, Verse 1 through 3, when he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. 
Now he was seated in the place of the honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Here he is, the writer of Hebrews is, is talking about, and he's talking in a language that, that his audience would understand because they had some games there that they would have. And it was sort of equivalent to the Olympics. And they were serious about it. They were serious about it. If you want to know how serious they were, just research the Isthmian games and look how serious they were. But to, to keep it PG, some of them would strip off every weight, everything that they thought would hold them back to compete. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, that's what we have to do when we're running this race. When we are running to win a prize that will never spoil, that will never perish, perish, that will never fade. When we're running a race to glorify our Father in heaven. And I begin to think about that and I think, are we really running that race? As Christ followers, are we really disciplined? I think about just, just something like coming to church. Coming to church on Sundays. What is your motive? What is your motive? Why are you here this morning? It's because it's just a routine, because it's a ritual. Now, it is a discipline but to, to come. But what's your motive of being here? I mean, when I think about it, I think, man, I, if I really have the right motive, I'm going to want to get there early. I'm going to want to get a, a front row seat Thank God for the Atkins over here, my wife. Front row seat. I mean, if I'm going to a game, I want to get there early. My wife would tell you, we go to West Virginia football games, and, and um, if we, we usually go up and stay on a Friday night, and we're like 30 minutes from the stadium, but if the game starts at 3.30, I want to be there. I want to be parked. I want to be ready to go. I want to soak in the atmosphere. My world was turned upside down yesterday. Because I didn't make the decision to go until the game started at 3.30. I didn't make the decision that I was actually going to go until like 11.30. It's a three-hour and 15-minute drive. My world was turned upside down. The, the reason I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go or not because I didn't have anybody to go with me. You know, it used to be, you know, last year and back, I had no problem finding a Kentucky football fan to go want to watch real football. In Morgantown. But for some reason, all my friends that used to go with me, they start out 3-0 and and they're all down sitting at Kroger Field in the soaking rain, walking two miles to watch Kentucky football. So I had no friends to go with me. I guess this year I'm going to have to find me a Louisville fan. Shante, you are on West Virginia football duty. But my world was turned upside down because I got there, I ran to the stadium, and it was like 15 minutes before it started. It's not the way I like to operate. I want to be there. I want to soak in the atmosphere. And if I think about coming to church, we should have that same attitude. I hate comparing church to sports, and, and I don't, it's different. But I'm, thinking, I'm talking about the mindset the mindset of, of being excited about knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be prayer, prayerful. I'm going to give it all that I have. I'm coming to you, God, this morning. I want to hear from you. I'm coming to bring a sacrifice of praise. 
I'm coming believing that you're going to use me to impact somebody's life. I'm coming to the house of God with expectations. I'm disciplined. It's in my thought process. I'm saying he's going to speak to me. I'm going to glorify him. He's going to use me. And some of you have that attitude. And because of that attitude, your life has changed. Because when you begin to get that in your spirit, and when you become disciplined enough to say, I'm coming to the house of God, I'm going to give him everything that I have, and, and I'm disciplined my life, this is just the way I'm going to live. Your life has changed because of it. This right now is a divine moment in your week. It's a divine moment in your week. But then that brings us to the question. The first question this morning that I want to ask is what do you want most? Now, I'm not talking about something worldly or something stupid. You know, we all want to win the lottery, right? We all want all this to be done, you know, money to fall out of the sky or, you know, for that perfect uh, guy or girl to walk in the room and, you know, them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something godly. What do you want the most? What do you want the most? Maybe you say, it's time for me to start taking Christ seriously. It's time that, that I come to the realization and recognize that I need him in my life. I, I want to get close to him. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I want the real thing. I want that flame burning in me. That's what I want most. Some of you may say, I just I want to get in better shape. I want to quit smoking. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to pay off my credit cards. I want to pay off my student debt. Amen and amen and amen. I want a better marriage. All these important things. I want a better marriage. I'm, I'm no longer going to put up with having a bad mar marriage or even a, an average marriage. We want intimacy. Some of you are thinking, when I say, what do you want most? You're thinking, huh, I can't just name one thing. You begin looking at it and say, man, I've, everything that you said, I'm yes, yes, and yes. And the list stretches from here to the wall. Don't do that to yourself. You'll drive yourself crazy. What do you want the most? What is it in your life? Just start with that. Start with that. One area. Find victory in one area. Pick an area and start there. What do you want the most? And then my second question to you, in order to get that, what do I need to choose now? What do I need to choose now? If I'm looking at what I want most, what steps, what do I have to do, what do I have to choose in order to get what I want the most, not what I want now? If you want to be close to God, what should you choose? Church, being here, life groups, reading the Bible, getting involved, prayer, worship. That's what you need to choose. You want to lose 20 pounds, maybe you join a gym, get a personal trainer, lay off the pizza. The Twinkies, man, that's hard, isn't it? What I want now. You start to apply it. You want a great marriage? What do I need to choose now? You need to start taking steps. You need to begin to pray together. Seek spiritual intimacy. Having a date night. 
having a couple hours a week with no kids. And all the parents said, amen. That wasn't loud enough. And all the parents said, amen. It's important. Husbands, wives, it's important. Those kids will be there when you get back. Whew, got quiet in here, didn't it? It's because I'm preaching. You want to get out of debt? What do you do? You start a plan to reduce it. It's not going to get fixed just by hoping it gets fixed. You have to start making choices to live within your means. You have to find a plan that works. But the issue is, all of those things I just mentioned, all of those things I just mentioned, they all take discipline. They all take discipline. They're not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? If it was easy, we'd all have six packs. If it was easy, we'd all just be able to just throw money in the wind. If it was easy, we would all have great marriages. It's not. It takes discipline. It takes making a decision, making a choice. What do I want most over what I want to satisfy my fleshly desires now? You decide. Do you want the pain of discipline or the pain of regret? What must you do to achieve it? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do, what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. What does he do? It says he runs with purpose. You can't just float through life. You have to have a purpose. You have to live for that purpose. You have to live to fulfill that purpose. I have to say, Jesus, I, I need you here and I need you now. I need you in this moment. There's never a moment that we do not need him. We need him all the time. Without him, I'm like Paul. Without him, I'm making mistakes because I can't do it on my own. I can't be disciplined on my own. I need him every day. I need his power. I need his strength. I need him when I'm weak. I need him to do what I can't do for myself. I need him. But we've got to choose that path. I heard a psychologist put it this way. And let me see if I can explain it in closing this way about the path of discipline. Let's say that the, that, that the only thing that you want in life is a beautiful yard. We got any yard addicts here that just, nobody, nobody? Oh, we, we got one that just raised his hand like this. I used to not care, but we live on the corner now. And I went through about six months that I really cared. I wanted that grass that, my grandpa was always like that. I mean, you could not mow it right. He could never hire it to mow because nobody would ever do it right, and it had to be cut this way and that way, and it had to be like just velvet when you walked on it. Crazy. But let's say that the only thing that Josh wants is beautiful grass. And he walks out his front door, and he sees 
the yard in front of him. And he wants to go down the road. Now, the shortest distance for him to get down the road is to walk straight across the lawn. But we know that doing that over time will cause you not to have beautiful grass. But he can go down his sidewalk, down the driveway, to the road to get where he's going, but it's going to take longer. And he walks out and he looks at at that yard and he thinks, you know what? I'm tired today. I don't want to do the right thing. It won't hurt just one time. I'm going to take the short way out. I'm going right across the yard. And he does it. Comes back the next day, he looks at it. Didn't seem to make any difference. I don't see anything wrong. Actually, it felt good just to break the rules. And he chooses that path. And he no longer has purpose of having a beautiful grass because now he has chosen a path that was easier. And it might take a little bit longer. It may be a little bit more effort for him to go down the sidewalk, down the driveway, to the road. But if he wants beautiful grass... He has to have that purpose in his heart and he has to follow that path. Because if he doesn't, if he keeps going across the the yard day after day after day after day, what he wants the most is not going to happen. What he wants the most is not going to be ever fulfilled in his life because his path that he chose was not a path of purpose. He didn't purpose in his heart, I want beautiful grass, so I'm going to do it this way the way that I know I need to do it. Might be a little bit more time consuming. Maybe a little harder, more difficult. But I would challenge you every day that you get up to to go through a, a list of personal declarations that says, I'm disciplined. The Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. That's what we have to have. We read that in the Bible. We need to realize that that he is stronger. We have wrong desires, but the Christ in us is stronger than those. It's not me. I can't do it on my own. It's the Christ in me. What What do you want the most? What do you need to do in order to get there? If you don't do it, those things will become your greatest regrets. If you don't do it, later in life, you're gonna look back and say, I wish I would have done things differently. If you don't spend time with your children now, you'll look back when they're gone and you're going to say, man, if I just had those years back, I would do things differently. Christian and I made the decision early on that we were determined that we were going to make memories with our daughter because that was what we wanted and what we want the most, to make memories. We don't want to live a life of regret We don't want to look back and say, man, if I would have only done things differently. You see, we all have a choice to make. Whatever it is that you want the most, you have a choice to make. And that choice that you make today, in this moment, can change your life forever. So ask yourself the question, what is it? What is it that I want the most? What is it that I can change today? What is it that I can choose to change in my life to stop 
making a choice of what I want now to what I want the most. What do I need to change? What do I need to change to start running with purpose? What do I need to change to start running with determination? You see, as a disciple of Christ, we have the power to overcome the wrong desires. We can choose discipline over regret. The Bible tells us that we are all sinful by nature. We're all sinful. We're sinful people. I mean, think about it. You don't have to teach your kids to be selfish, do you? You don't have to teach them to be self-centered. We're all sinful by nature. No matter how hard you try, you think, I just can't get it right. I just can't get it right. No, you can't. But it's the grace of God. The grace of God. You may be sitting here this morning, you say, you know, I've messed up so bad. I've messed up so bad. Find encouragement in what Paul said when he said, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I should do, shouldn't do, I do. You see, Jesus came to die on the cross for our wrong desires, for our sin. No matter how messed up you are, no matter how far off track you are, the grace of God is there and available for you to help you with your sinful nature, to help you run with purpose. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning and say, Pastor J.W., I'll be the first to admit I live my life feeling defeated. I've never truly trusted in God. I've never truly made a decision to give Him my all, to give Him everything, all my shortcomings, all my wrongdoings. I've never made that decision. I couldn't leave here without giving the opportunity just to slip up your hand and say, that's me. I've never made that decision to follow after Christ. Would there be one? Thank you. Anybody else? You might be here this morning and say, Pastor J.W., I've made that decision, but man, do I mess up a lot. And when I mess up, I feel so bad. I feel defeated. I get discouraged. feel like that I continually I'm making the choice fulfilling my fleshly desires I'm making the choice of what I want now as opposed to what I want most I want to please him I want to live for him I want to be used by him I want to glorify his name but every day it seems like I'm messing up I'm fulfilling what I want now but I really want to start living making the choice of what I want the most. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Why is it easy for you to raise your hand? Because 
if Paul would admit that he had problems. Paul, the one who went to prison and was beaten for preaching the gospel. He admitted that he had problems. That's why it's easy for us to raise our hand. My hand goes up with you. Anyone else? Thank you. Can I tell you that just as Paul said, who can deliver me? Who can help me? In verse 25, he said, thank God. That's your answer. That's your answer. God will help you make the right choices. The God in you can help you overcome what you want now to start making choices for what you want the most.